Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Drew Marshall Show, and we are on the phone with Lisa Welchel. And, and Lisa, that that's your maiden name. Are you still going by that name? That's what I go by uh, professionally, but just in my own private life, I go by my married name. That way, uh, it just maintain a little bit of anonymity. Yeah, a little bit of separate lives mm-hmm. kind of happening there. And uh, first of all, I just got to kind of be a bit of a mushbag here. Uh, the the show that you were on, Facts of Life. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, without a question, you you were the best looking woman in the group. I mean, you really were. <laughs> oh, thank okay. you. You just really were. That's. Uh, I appreciate that. It was you and Linda Carter back in my, you know, those oh, days. Oh man, right? wow, that's a pretty amazing company. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving along, I'm thinking not a moment too soon. Uh, gone from uh, you really have gone from finishing Facts of Life to uh, a few months later you were married to ten months later your first Barry, uh, first Barry, first baby. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, uh, to being a homeschooling mother and a pastor's wife—that's yep, pretty, pretty, pretty severe adjustment in a short amount of time. But that sums it up, doesn't it? I mean, that's that's who you are, right? I mean, you're an, you're an author with a whack of books out there these days. Yep, yeah, totally different life going on now. Man, so let's talk about your children because uh, they seem to be a huge part of your life. Oh, they are definitely. Your daughter Haven. Yes. Uh, how old would she be now? She is going to be turning 14 in just a couple of weeks. Man. Now, she's your oldest daughter. No, she's the oldest daughter. That's right. right. And Clancy is? Clancy's going to be 13 in a couple of months. And then Tucker is my oldest son, and he's 15. See, I've got a daughter now who's uh, just about 13, and as a father, I, I'm not ready for her to, to kind of move into the whole, you know, woman thing. I know. Know what I mean? I do, I do. I'm, I absolutely know what you mean. Uh, yeah, but but you're a mom, though. So is, is your husband the same way? Is he a neurotic father who's planning and following his daughter on every date? <laughs> no, I, I don't think he's he's quite that, uh, he doesn't have that, that personality. I, on the other hand, am a hawk. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you'll be out there with camouflage sneaking through the bushes then. That, that's that, right, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Now your son Tucker, uh, I saw a picture of him on your website. He's just—he was just rocking on a actually a pretty cool looking guitar. Uh, is he still playing guitar? Oh, night and day. Really? Yes. It's all we can do to keep him to concentrate on anything else. <laughs> I had uh, I had BB King on the show last week. Was it last week or two? You're weeks kidding! Ago? Oh my goodness! He's—he. I'm sur- I'm suddenly going to be up a notch in Tucker's book if I was on the same show. As BB King was. Hey, same show as BB King, and same same show as Phil Kagi, and uh, pretty good uh, stuff. Yeah, this you know I'm, I'm a guitar wannabe guy too, so maybe actually can you just put Tucker on the phone? I Isn't don't that really... the truth? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know I just uh, I just paged him over the phone. It's like Tuck because we're they're homeschooled, and I let them sleep in an hour later this morning because we had a party last night. Huh. But Tucker, get out of bed now. School's for fools. I don't need it. <laughs> His philosophy is going to be a musician. He doesn't, doesn't need to wake up before two. No. Well, yeah. I mean, he's, he understands it at least, you know. I'm, I'm uh, tomorrow night. I'm, I'm, oh, I, you know what? It's an early morning interview. My lips never work before twelve. So. <laughs> well, because uh, you've got that musician mentality yourself. I do. I so do. But uh, tomorrow night, going down to see you two in Toronto. Nuh-uh. And, uh Yeah, it'll be a good thing. Uh uh-uh. uh What do you mean? Uh uh-uh? uh That's too awesome. You kind of fancy them, do you? Oh, absolutely. Tucker's reading this uh, biography about them right now. I don't remember what it's called, like Walk On You 2 or something. And uh-huh. So he is definitely, He's. I'm telling you, I, I might even be able to get him to do his schoolwork without a whole lot of uh, back talk today. <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. Now, I did read something uh, that said that Tucker kind of grew up with the ADHD thing. Is yes. That, is, that, is that right? It is, it is, and I was just asked last weekend, uh, Mom, t- 
please tell me they grow out of it. Uh, I, I haven't found that to be the case yet. No. But at the same time, you know, I, I do think it's going to it's going to be what makes him awesome at what God calls him to be. Yeah, there really is. It's a double-sided that's, issue. I mean, that's he, right. If we can just get him through these school years, he will soar. Okay, so Clancy, Haven, and Tucker. And uh, would you say, is it fair to say, it's, it's probably unfair, I guess, if he hears these interviews later, but, I mean, come on, if you've got a child who's got ADHD, that child must have given you more problems than the rest. Absolutely. And uh, he's the whole reason I wrote the book Creative Correction in the first place, because traditional child-rearing methods just weren't working with him, and so I had to get creative. So once again, you know, there's a, it's one of those double-edged sword kind of things. It, I don't know that I would have chosen to go this frustrating challenging route but i sure I, I i think a lot of moms are glad that that i experienced it because um uh, i think the books helped a lot of moms and and I, I know finally realizing that i didn't have to just depend on the top three you know timeouts spankings and yelling right that i could uh, i could find some things that worked Right. Well, one thing I read somewhere, you, Tabasco on the tongue for lying or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I know. I got a lot, in a lot of trouble for that one. But, <laughs> you know, hey, I'm from the South. My goodness. Put Tabasco sauce in their bottle. Yeah, you know? that, yeah really. <laughs> Did you really get take some heat for that? Oh, yes, definitely. A lot of heat. I was, I was whacked out child star child abuser. Really? Yeah. Although although I really, Tucker, uh, I was doing a an interview for Fox Television, and we were on the way, and he says, well, why are you going to be on Fox News? And I told him, you know, some people had some trouble with the Tabasco sauce thing, and I loved his response. He says, well, let me get on there. Let me talk to him. I'll tell him there's nothing wrong with Tabasco sauce. <laughs> he said, um, I, don't, uh, I can't taste anything, but I don't tell lies anymore. <laughs> so obviously he's not harmed for life. Are there any real creative ways of disciplining that you, that you sort of came up with that you look back now and go, what the heck was I thinking? Um, Can you be that honest with me? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. One one day, uh, Tucker was shooting rubber bands at his sister, and uh, you know, I kept telling him he could hurt her eye. You know, stop doing that. It could, you know, you could miss. And <laughs> so, and he kept on doing it. So I made him lean over against the counter, and I took aim and and shot about five or ten of them at his bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he had his, you know, pants up and everything, but still, it was it was like one of those things I look back and go, oh, man, that was just maybe just a little bit outside. No, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think you have to be creative in this because you just, I think as parents, you snap, you lose it, and then your 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 disciplining skills go right out the window. Yeah, and that's one of the things, actually, um, I was just asked this weekend, I was speaking in a women's group, you know, what was the, what is the main, what's the number one advice you would give to moms? And for me, one, the number one thing I've learned you know, raising three kids three years in a row, and especially uh, one with ADHD, and that is it really it does work backwards if you if you discipline in the heat of the emotion, whether it's anger or just frustration, or if it's even the heat of the emotion of you know girls and hormones, whatever it is, it's just pull back and take a break. But you know, I usually send my when the kids were little, I'd send them to the bathroom to calm down, and they also give me time to calm down, mm. so I could actually. You know, maybe take a moment to pray or to come up with a creative correction or look for a scripture in the Bible that really, you know, so it wasn't just like because I'm the mom and I say so, but, you know, because this is what God says makes life work. And, you know, and this is the reason I'm endorsing this and enforcing this. And um, that's the main thing that I've learned is just to take a step back and not try to, you're not going to accomplish anything. And it's only going to, it's only going to be bad for everybody if you discipline when you're angry. Uh, Lisa, do you, do you watch Super Nanny? 
I have seen a little bit of it, but uh, I don't think I've seen a whole show. Do you, can you believe that there are that many stupid parents on the face of the earth? It's it's really really sad, but you know what? You can't judge them because the the philosophy of the day is taking everything, all the control away from parents. You can't do anything. I mean, when when I was when I was on Good Morning America talking about this Tabasco sauce thing, and they had this expert in there, and and he was you know decrying that uh, I was using barbaric discipline methods and I was using chemical warfare on my children, and break. his suggestion was that I simply talk and reason with my, you know, with my children. I'm thinking, you know, I, sometimes lecturing a toddler or a preschooler or what is cru- is more cruel <laughs> yeah. than a quick spanking. You know, there there's there's a difference in hurting and harming your children. And the other thing is it's not just one child when they act up, it's the uh, the combination platter, you know, when they're when they're driving each other bonkers, which uh-huh. just basically brings the whole household into World War 3. Uh, you know, I got to the point where in Australia they have to- sorry, I, I lived in Australia for five years, mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, the toilets are in a different room. So there's an actually, you know, when you go to the toilet, you go to the toilet. There's no sink, there's no nothing in there. It's just the toilet and walls and a door. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's in many of the houses. So we would, I don't know why I'm telling you this. We we would lock our, I would lock our kids, our, like our our my daughter and and our, and our son in mm-hmm. the room and say, okay, you guys have to be in there for 15 minutes. And they would start out and still bugging each other. By the end of it, they were laughing, and somebody was wet, and there was toilet paper somewhere, and it was, you know, it was kind of a weird thing. It's true, but you know what? If you were to say that in America today, you know, they could come lock you up or take your kids away from you if you're locking your kids in a room. You know, they're just, they don't, I, I know that they have to have those rules, and I understand, and I'm thankful for them. Because, as you mentioned, there are a lot of parents that you just think, are they playing with the full deck? Yeah. But at the same time, I think they do need to give a, uh, you know, make sure that they do give some uh, benefit of the doubt for the parent. I mean, even the Tabasco sauce thing in the book, I said, now, if, this, if you're not comfortable with this, Don't do I've it. heard people use lemon juice or cider vinegar. So, I mean, I give them options, and, and the benefit of the doubt, if they don't feel comfortable <laughs> with it, then don't do it, for goodness sake. I'm not yeah. saying you have to, and or there aren't hundreds of other ideas in that book. And at the beginning, I say, if it doesn't work, toss it out. If it works for one, it may not work for another kid. Man, I like your stuff. I never thought I'd ever pick up a book on uh, child rearing or or creative disciplining or I don't know whatever all that kind of you know I, I don't know and maybe as a guy I think it's a bit girly but if you you, you kind of you, you you got some stuff you're you're pretty forthright with all this I like it's it. so. out of desperation. Yeah, well, I can yeah I can imagine. Uh, okay, so does this mean you're not a proponent of spanking? No, I am. Okay, uh, I'm actually very thankful for. You know, being able to spank my children, especially, I know that sounds terrible, but, uh, you know what, especially when they were younger, it is, a, as I mentioned, a lot less cruel than trying to reason with a toddler. And I think it's actually, it's some, in some cases, especially if, you know, if you're gonna, you can't spank an anger, if you've got a history of abuse, don't spank, or if you think it's child abuse, don't spank. I'm not saying that. As a matter of fact, I wrote Creative Correction because spanking wasn't working with Tucker after a while. It made things worse. So I'm not saying it's you know, it's the only way, it's God's way, it's the way of the Bible or anything like that. But I am saying that, you know, if you can if you can spank uh, with self-control and in love, then especially with some of the younger, you know, the preschoolers and toddlers, then it, it's, it makes more sense than trying to reason with them. And I think it's actually safer in a lot of ways. I mean, you, 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 you can't, you know, if you're trying to, to reason with a toddler not to run into the street, 
I, I don't know that that's a real smart thing to do. Well, I was in the backyard of uh, some friends the other day, and uh, the, the, they had the kids in the backyard, and there was uh, two families and, and two sets of kids. And uh, one, sets of, one set of kids was in the other neighbor's yard ripping one of their plants apart. And, uh, you know, come on now, Billy, now don't do that now. Come on, now think about, you know, blah, 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 blah. And this kid is just demolishing the plant. And you could see the other mother, you could see her blood pressure, the woman who owned the plant, you could see her blood pressure coming through her eyeballs. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm thinking this is, you know, this is going to get a little little crazy here, a uh, domestic uh, dispute between two neighbors. And, mm -hmm. but, but everybody just seems to be so mamby-pamby kumbaya with raising their kids. Yeah. Yeah, and but you know, again, you you can't blame them. That's just that's what ever that's what the world's teaching these days. Yeah. Now, uh, Lisa, and again, I'll remind our listeners we're on the phone with uh, Lisa Welchel. If you didn't have Tucker first, mm -hmm. or you didn't have a child with ADHD uh, at all, mm -hmm. do you think you would have gone down the road you've gone with doing all this parenting home stuff? There's a good that's way. That's a good question. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I know that by nature I'm creative, so I probably would have brought a lot of that into it. And I love being a mom. I love spending time with them. It it works for us with the homeschooling. But I don't know that it it would have. Um, I don't know that I would have gotten into it so early. Put it that way. Right. All right. It wouldn't have driven you as quickly to it. It would have driven me to it. Yes. <laughs> driven is a good choice of word. Isn't yes, it, it yes. is. Now, Haven and Clancy are they just you know little angels? Well, I've got Clancy in here with me, so I can say <laughs> so, yeah, so she, she came is. out of the womb perfect. And um, and I can say and I can say this with Haven because she knows uh, Haven is. We joke about how much alike we are, but and so she knows that I do not say this negatively. But you know, Haven at four said she was going to be the first female president of the United States, and so the fact that she has a rather strong, um, bossy, domineering, controlling leader. Wow, personality. Wow, you guys are the same, aren't you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, I, th I I don't think that's a negative. I think she just you know, needs to learn, as I've as I have certainly in a lot of little in a lot of uh, hard ways learned how to um, to submit submit that personality to the Lord. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's let's jump from your children to the the main squeeze, the love of your life, Steve. Yeah. Married in 1988, mm -hmm. same year as my wife and I. Uh, tell me what happened in December of 87. What was it that made you go from just praying with the guy to seeing him as the man for your plan? Well, I, it was not my idea. It was obviously, it was, it was God but, had this big plan and I didn't agree with it at first. He, he kind of let me know that this was the man he wanted me to marry. And, how, how did he let you know that? Well, a series of, of what you would call coincidences that all put together you have to step back and go wait a minute there's too many of these coincidences not to be god right and um you know it's a long story i go to in my book about the the facts of life and other lessons my father taught me and actually it's the number one story i usually tell when i uh, am speaking but it's it's so long and drawn out and complicated it's you know i can't yeah. go into it over the phone right. but it 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 really did um it's also the story that I go back to in my own life and realize, you know, God's character is trustworthy. Even when you don't know what he's up to, even if you don't want to obey him, you can't see how this is going to work out, he is trustworthy because he can see further down the road and deeper inside than you can. And I'm so glad I learned that lesson in time to uh, obey him and marry Steve because uh, we, are, we really are perfect for each other. We had some rough years, but it's been, it's, I can see why God put us together, and I'm very, very happy now. Did you have 
rough years because you had children right away? I mean, your first baby was pretty quick, right? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, that probably par- uh, exacerbated it, but a lot of it had to do, and, and again, I write about this story in detail, too, and so I don't want to go, it's kind of hard to make it no, short, no, but, but what we'll do a lot is of we'll... it had to do with the fact that, again, that I'm my very strong personality, and of course, opposites attract, and Steve is uh, much more of a passive uh, servant, kind of tell me what to do so I can do it and do it right, and so that seemed to be a perfect fit at at first, you know, I'd tell him what to do, and he'd do it, and, <laughs> you know, he, I'd know where to go and make decisions, and he'd come along and serve me. It seemed like it fit perfectly, but, oh, you know, God created us as man and woman as well, and, and whether it makes sense or not, he says that, that the the order that works in the home is the husband is the leader, and so we went through some rough years when I had to learn how to follow, and he had to learn how to lead, and um, uh, they were tough years, but, boy, they changed it. Those years changed us both. Being the fact that we stuck with it, worked through it, and didn't just try to bolt, it not only transformed our marriage, but it transformed us as people as well. Hmm. Uh, the first thing I, I need to ask, though, is was was uh, your first child a planned? All right, let's have children right away thing, or was it a bit of a bit of a? Oh, okay, we're going to have kids now. Uh, you know, it wasn't one of those. Oh my goodness, we're going to have kids, but right. it wasn't one of those. Okay, let's. Let's start now and have it so we can have a child by the summer or something like that. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the other thing that jumped into my head is, at the risk of offending you and, and describing you uh, maybe a little inaccurately here, you sound like an alpha female. Yeah. Is, mm-hmm. is that kind of fair to say? You're fairly assertive. You're fairly, you know, lead, follower, get the heck out of my way? Uh, yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. Just checking, you know. Yeah, but you know what's, I, I would, couldn't have said this 15 years ago. But I can I can say now that for the most part uh, I've learned to submit that strong personality to the Lord first, and then also to Steve and to, and to other authorities. I have learned the freedom that comes in submitting to authority, and um, I actually really really enjoy that now. I I enjoy not having to be in control of my life first, but giving God control of my life, and then. Secondly, I really enjoy not having to be the final word in our home, but but that responsibility falling on my husband. Oh, sure, because if it screws up, you can blame him. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I get that I don't, I don't think women know what they're missing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Could you just don't ever talk with my wife, okay? Please, don't ever. Uh, the thing that I, I have a hard time, let me ask you this. What would you say to women who, and, and there's like thousands of them. matter of fact, I, I wonder if it's the majority out there, really, who are really uh, moving along deeply in a, in, a, in a spiritual closeness to Christ and their husband's spiritual lives are in the toilet. Do you say to them, you know, just submit and sort of, uh, you know, stay under their leadership? I mean, because so many women are saying, forget it. I'm going to bust out of this. Uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to be whoever I can be spiritually. And, and so you see this off balance where the wife is rocking spiritually. The guy is in the toilet spiritually. And and it really does have an amazing adverse effects on the relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, you know that's really that's addressed very specifically in the Bible in Second Peter three one. It says, "Wives submit to your husbands. Why? So that they may be one to the Lord, not by the things you say, but by a gentle and reverent spirit." And it says it right there. You know, it it it, it may not make sense. You know, you may think there's no way I can submit to my husband because he doesn't know the Lord or he's not following the Lord. And there's no telling where we'd you know end up if I followed him. Right. But the Bible says that it may be even more than any 
husband, the one that doesn't know the Lord, is the one to submit to. Because, and, then, and keep your mouth shut. It's not by what you're going to say. You're not going to convince them or nag them or get them to go to church with you or, you know, guilt them into it. Keep your mouth shut and have a gentle and reverent spirit. And that reverent is respect them. Uh, Shanti Feldhahn has an amazing book out now called For Women Only. And in there she did a survey and asked all these men if they had to choose between whether they'd rather feel loved or feel respected by their wives, which would they choose? And, and uh, you know, the vast majority would rather feel respected by their wives. And, you know, I think that, that comes as a shock to most women because we, we know how to love and we want to be loved, but they want to be respected. And I think that's what's going to win them to the Lord uh, more than anything. And I guess your advice would come with a fair amount of weight or merit to it because... For all of those women out there who just heard you say what you said, and yet their personalities are such as, you know, come on, I just can't, I, what do you expect me just to lay down and be this humble little, you know, I'm a, I'm a high driver, man. I mean, you can't expect me to fake this. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, if, if Lisa Welchel can, can surrender this, this aspect of her life to God and see God change her, then I guess anybody can. Is that, is that it? I think so, and I think that you can't just think it's going to just happen overnight. Uh, it, it may it may take years and probably will and there will probably be some suffering involved and that, and that the Bible also tells us not to be surprised when we suffer that's part of being a Christian so don't act as if this is some you know weird thing or question God or is God really in this does He want me to because He's got to want me to be happy and I'm not happy no that's not what He says at all you know He says count it joy when you enter into various tri- trials knowing that this these trials are what's going to change you into my image and so I think you you got to also know that it. It may be hard to stick it out, and it may take a long time, but that ultimately God is faithful and He's true to His word. Is Steve still the IT pastor, or whatever it, uh, he was? He doing is, there? believe it or not. We moved to Texas, but he's still the IT pastor for our church in California, as well as a handful of other jobs he holds down. Wow! Does he is he behind your website as well? Uh, no, he's not. That's okay. uh, um, that's a web designer in Nashville called Lion Zone. Wonderful company. Uh, but Steve is behind all the other you know, office and administrative, and he travels with me every weekend and takes care of all the details and takes care of me and, and does all that stuff. Wow, wow. It does sound like the perfect match. It really is. Now, uh, I also read that you have a stepdad and a half-brother, Casey. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you explain how that sort of uh, thing happened back Would that be in your younger days? Well, now I think you know how that happened. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my mom and dad were divorced when I was a teenager, right. and then my mom remarried. Uh, Roy in Texas, and she had a late-in-life baby when she was 40, and he's the apple of everybody's eye. Now he's 21, and um, he's just an amazing is, young man. This is Casey? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he seems like uh, there was a very interesting picture of him on your website. He has he has an intensity. Yeah, he does. Doesn't he? He really does. And your father's into NASCARs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he collects all these little NASCAR miniature models and... and uh, and he he watches all the all the races and I guess it's uh I've got a lot of relatives like that in Texas. <laughs> yeah, well, Texas. Hello, you know. Uh, I know. Actually, we went with my cousins last year to the big race uh, out here in Fort Worth, and it was it, Tucker and I went together, and it was quite interesting. <laughs> That's all you're saying? It was quite interesting. <laughs> well, you know, <clears throat> it's not my thing, but I I, I can understand yeah. why it would be other people's thing. <laughs> Nice, nice try. <laughs> nice try. Um, okay, so did the what, how, sorry? How old were you when your parents were, uh, got divorced? Seventeen. Seventeen. That messy up big time. Lots of baggage. I, d- all I that didn't kind of stuff? think it did. Um, 
And I thought I kind of got through it unscathed because I was, I'd been on my own since I was 12. I lived in California. They lived in Texas. You know, uh, I have a great dad, but I it really wasn't that close to him. Even I wrote, when I titled my book, The Facts of Life and Other Lessons My Father Taught Me, it was very much a reflection of the fact that my Heavenly Father has been a very practical parent to me, really raising me. And, um, and so I thought I got through it, but, um, the whole, uh, one of the things I learned about why God chose Steve for me is he could see deeper inside and he knew that um, what I needed was the love of a man I never had to question because mm. that, that was a, a scar that, that was deeper than I realized. Hmm. Well, it's uh, evident. I mean, I, you know, I don't know you at all, but just from reading stuff on you going through your website, it's evident that um, A, God has blessed you uh, seriously, uh, mm-hmm. B, that you're in love with your husband, and C, that your kids are, you know, you so to speak. I mean, you, you, your, your life is mm-hmm. uh, really your, your children. Matter of fact, the, the picture of the kids at Solvang, isn't Solvang an awesome place to go? Oh, yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> I ran into Michael McDonald on the sidewalk there. when I used to live in Cal. I was, living, I was in, uh, up at a, a Christian camp called Hume Lake Christian Camps up in mm-hmm. uh, the mountains, and we used to go to Solvang every once in a while. Walking down the sidewalk, and I look at this guy, and he's walking towards me, and I go, I know this guy. I know this guy. I keep saying, I know this guy, and as he gets closer and closer, he's about a foot away from my face, and I sort of blurt out rather loudly, and I think I actually scared him quite a bit. You know, Michael McDonald! How uh, funny. Yeah, and uh, I thought he was going to call the cops on me. But no, no, I think I would have done the same thing. I was a huge fan of his. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, very much. Uh, now, I love the way your website walks people through surrendering their life to Christ, and I mean, you even have an area where they can get in touch with you and share their recent commitment, but I like the way it just starts off kind of... Just bit by bit, and generally, you know, it works its way through. I, I think you just walk people so gently through that, and yet you have this uh, this this form where they can fill out and, and contact you. Yeah, I didn't want to be in your face with it. I didn't want to be just like, you know, okay, you, you need to come to Christ, turn or burn, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, um, that's I really do believe the Lord's given me every platform, every door He's opened for me is for me to to, to tell more people about Him. So. If he's led somebody there and he's prepared their heart, then I certainly want to be that, that to be available to them to follow through on that uh, decision. Yeah, it, it's funny. You and Kirk Cameron are sort of opposite ends of the spectrum as far it's as... It's true. It, yeah. it is true. I, I highly, highly respect Kirk Cameron, but we do come from it from a totally different side. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's <laughs> uh, he's pretty high octane, let me tell you. Oh, I know it, and I, I think there's such a such a, a need for that and such a place for that. But uh, Well, there is. And I've it, had to really... You know, I've had to really wrestle through that with the Lord because I've often felt, you know, I mean, I don't mean this in, you know, not trying to say, oh, no, don't, you know, don't jump in there. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, it's not what I mean. It's just that I, I like my, my weekend getaways for moms, um, I, I've often felt they're shallow because, you know, what I, my goal for the mom time getaways is to have a masseuse there for them and pamper them and give them gifts and let them play and be little girls and have a tea party and I just think moms give and give and give but if they don't take time to receive they're going to burn out and so really and even the book I'm writing now taking care of the me and mommy I had to wrestle through that too because aren't we supposed to pour our lives out for others and what I'm saying is hey take some time for yourself it's it's for the good of your family for you to think about yourself but it is very very different than um uh, where Kirk Cameron's coming from. Oh, yeah, yeah, in a, in a big way. Uh, now, just to run that, that weekend away, uh, hold on, there's uh, massages, pampering, and, and food, right? Yes, oh, yeah, chocolate, but, but lots yeah, of but, chocolate, but too. You, you have to be a mom to go, is that? Kinda, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. You, don't have, uh, you don't have to be a mom. I mean, you can enjoy it by 
being a woman, but there there a is woman. a creative correction session in there. So yeah, you, unless you've got some neighborhood kids or you're a teacher, you might be a little bored. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we're on the phone with Lisa Welch, and I appreciate all the time you've given us. You became a Christian at 10, and then you stood in front of your sixth grade class and shared about your faith. Yeah, at, at, you know, the and it, again, this is another thing I um, that, you know, Kirk Cameron and, and uh, Ray Comfort, I, I listen to Ray's sermons a lot. Ray is one of Tucker's favorite uh, evangelists. Oh, really? And Yes, he loves to listen to me. So funny and so dead straight on. I mean, pulls no punches, but just wonderful. But they do really emphasize that you have to know your sin and that you, to, and to know the gift that you're receiving, that you need to become yeah. face-to-face yeah. with the fact that you're a sinner before you can really receive the gift of salvation. But my experience was not that way. I, I was 10 years old, and all I know is that I felt the love of Jesus in that Sunday school. And my, my teacher told me that what I was feeling was the love of Jesus. I could ask him to come into my heart, take that love home with me. And, and that's what I did, and it took, and I wanted to tell everybody about Jesus, starting with my sixth-grade homeroom class. And it really wasn't until years later that I understood about the holiness of God and me as a sinner. I was a good little girl. I was a pleaser. So I didn't understand about my sin. I, I responded to the love of Jesus as a child would. And so I, I think there's two sides of, of, of the coin, and I think I think we can be drawn by a, a, an awareness of our sin and, and the, the just the awesome gift of salvation, but I think there's a place also to be drawn by the love of Jesus and let him reveal the awesomeness of the gift later on. So you were you were a Christian kid during the whole Facts of Life thing? Mm-hmm. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. So the same time you were Blair, you were a little Miss Jesus girl. Yeah, believe it or not. That's fun. <laughs> and that I don't fun. really want to confess how easy it was to play Blair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I know that's part of you. I mean, uh, we got that one figured out already. Were, were, there any, were there any script conflicts with regards to, you know, compromising your beliefs? There were a couple of them, but the... Um, the producers were surprisingly uh, respectful of my beliefs, and mm. so anytime we need to, I felt uncomfortable with something. They um, they just rewrote it. Were they the same producers that did the reunion show? No, they were different ones. Okay, we're, I think they were fairly respectful. Were they not? Of, Absolutely. Yeah, matter of fact, if I if I read this right, and it was just a little while ago, I read this, so I didn't get this into my brain totally. Uh, they were thinking, oh, we want Blair to be, you know, the, the nice little grown-up, mature Christian girl thing. And you were like, no, make her more stuck up than ever. Exactly. I, I, that's what, what made, her, made her fun. <laughs> See, this is your persona escaping. This is it. I know it. I know it's your, I know your it. alter ego. <laughs> uh, any regrets looking back now on the whole uh, facts of life thing? Let me think. Um No, I really, I mean, no, not all the facts of life. I mean, I have some regrets during those years of my life, just in, uh, just growing up. But even those, you know, if I hadn't made some mistakes in my life, I don't know that I would be so absolutely uh, overwhelmed with gratefulness for the gift of mercy. So even that one's kind of, good call. I wonder. Well said, very well said. Now, is the main reason you didn't turn out to be a troubled Hollywood, screwed-up child star is because of the whole Jesus thing? Absolutely. The grace of God, and that is it. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to kill you. Looking, I mean, you hear about it every once I don't think we hear about it as much anymore, but, you know, we those those sort of 80s shows, there seemed to be a whole whack of them that, uh, well, 70s and 80s shows, a whole whack of kids that just got, they just got their, their lives are just screwed up. 
Well, it's hard not to. Uh, you know, to come into that much money and that much freedom and that much attention at a young age, you're pretty immature. Um, you have all the access to try to fill up that emptiness that all of us are born with that's meant to be filled up with a relationship with Jesus. And if it's not, you're going to fill it with something. And they had the uh, opportunity to fill it up with some, to go down some destructive paths looking for sure. uh, contentment. How did the rest of your co-stars turn out? I, I don't know any. You know, really well. And it's amazing. It. I think there was just, I think the the... Protection of the Lord was on that whole set. Uh, from what I've heard since then and from the other girls that have continued working, um, we didn't realize what a unique set we had. We actually all got along. The, you know, there was respect for us as, as young women. There wasn't infighting. It was a, it was, it was a different, different set. Were there any of them that later in life or even during the, 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 uh, the show surrendered their lives to Christ? Uh, Kim Fields, who played Tootie. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, neat, neat. George Clooney, mm-hmm. he was on the show? Yeah, he was. He was in, on the show in uh, years, I believe it was season six and seven. And what, I'm sorry, I don't remember George Clooney being on there at all. He, yeah, he played uh, <laughs> the handyman. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Very interesting. And now you look at him and go, whoo. I think I read somewhere where you said, I wish I'd maybe worn some more makeup back I then. I know, if I'd known he was going to turn out so well. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my wife used to always get that she looked like Joe, always. Really? Well, yeah. that's a compliment. Joe was, uh, Nancy is, is still, and even more so, so beautiful, so talented. All right, well, let's uh, finish off the uh, the interview with uh, with flogging your stuff here. I think you've got some great books, and I really want uh, to encourage our listeners to uh, hook into your website, which is lisawelchel.com. And uh, you can simply go to your web uh, website and, and click on the uh, the shopping link at the top, and there is just a ton of really good stuff people can order from directly from your website. I guess they can get them anywhere else too. Can they, they can, not? but if they get it from here, I'll find them, and they can even ask me to personalize them to somebody in particular or themselves. So that's kind of a bonus coming through my site. Your number one bestseller is still Creative Correction. Yes, uh huh. But, but also, the Adventure of Christmas is coming up real fast. It's um, it's a book for helping moms. Um, help their children find Jesus in the middle of the holidays without having to throw out all the celebration to focus on Jesus, but actually jump into the celebration and just find Jesus there. And, and I guess that's touched a nerve with a lot of moms because that one's uh, selling pretty rapidly. Uh, the Busy Mom's Guide to Prayer. Tell me about that. Uh, that really, I didn't even plan on writing a book. That was just out of my own desperation as far as I felt really guilty about the privilege of prayer that I had but didn't have time to really to go deep in the, you know, to the dimensions that I wanted to pray for my children and my husband and myself and the world and the people around me. And I just barely had time to pray for a few blessings on my family. And so I just came up with a system to spread it out over a month's time. And in 10 months a day, I could cover it all and lose the guilt and make a difference in my family and my world. And so that, that book came out of that. How to, It's really just a system. It's not even a book. It's like, here, do this and you'll be so happy you did. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and now Lisa, I, like I just, I need your answer on this. Um, if women can handle more than one task at one time better than men, if women tend to be, tend to be, and I know I'm generalizing here, but they tend to be more susceptible to spiritual deepness than than most men. Most men, if they seem to be the uh, the ones who who can hear and and sense the direction and leading of God. Sometimes I think uh, better. 
then then how do you feel about women in leadership, spiritual leadership, uh, you know, even women pastors or women uh, teachers or, you know, just women in spiritual leadership period? I know the Bible is fairly clear, I think, on men being the spiritual authority of the homes and uh, and some would say uh, of the churches as well. I just want your take on this because it seems to me that men, the the majority, just do not have their, at least North American men, do not have their spiritual act together as much as I would say women do. Is, is that an unfair call? Um, no, I don't think that is. So what the heck? <laughs> I, you know, uh, this is just my personal opinion, and that is it. It is not researched, and, it, and please don't have people writing me and, and telling me I'm totally wrong, because I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I'm, I probably am, and they can probably prove it, but... You know, I maybe I think I think there's a place for women teachers, um, but I mean, like I've been incredibly blessed by Beth Moore, and she leads a, a Bible study of I think like 800 to a thousand. It's like a it's a mega church in and of itself. But she's submitted under the authority of a, the pastor at the church, and I think um, I think that the final the final head, this final say so, the leader, the senior pastor. I just think that. Um, that needs to be a man, um, and but I think that a woman submitted to uh, a male leadership should be able to exercise the gifts and the anointing that God has for her and can do that. Okay, well said. I'll leave you alone with that. Folks, go to lisawelchill.com, Creative Correction. You can purchase uh, the book there, uh, Drive Time Devotion for Moms. You can get it there on lisawelchill.com. Mom Time Getaway, Mom Time Journal, Adventure of Christmas. My goodness, there's so many. Uh, uh, homeschooling. So you're thinking about okay, the homeschooling thing, man. I, I don't. I, I'm the, the strangest people I meet on the face of this planet are homeschoolers. <laughs> Why is that? That's a good question. I think maybe because you got to be a little, you know, outside the box to to do something like that to to buck the norm. Okay, do you make your own clothes? <laughs> I used to make my kids' clothes, and I loved it. I love sewing. Now I'm into scrapbooking, but okay. no, I don't make my own personal clothes. Okay. I don't make my own bread, and I don't milk oats. <laughs> <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> no. no, as Gary would say. Uh, and speaking, mommies, and uh, oh, there's just there's a ton of. If you are if you are a mom, if you are a woman, but especially if you're a mom, I would say go to LisaWelchel.com and and check out some of these resources. It explains them all there, and uh, I think you're just doing an incredible service. To I think the the, the 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 humans on the planet that need the most encouragement, the most support, the moms. Well, I'm glad you feel that way, and I I, I hope most husbands feel that way. I don't know that that's the truth, but I I am glad to hear it from you. Well, I don't have my mom anymore, and uh, now that she's not with me, uh, I realize it. You know, I get it. Yeah, isn't that the way it is? Yeah, always <laughs> I think little... all moms should hold on to that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lisa, thank you so much for your time uh, and joining us on the Drew Marshall Show. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Hopefully we'll meet you someday. Hope so. All the best. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye.